Hallelujah. How many of you come expecting God to do something in your life? You believe in God for something. Let me see your hand. You believe in trusting God for something. Amen. And that's what, you know what? You've got to believe to receive. And and you've got to have an anticipation in your heart. If you're going to get something from God, you've got to have that anticipation and believe it and expect it. Everybody say expect it. You know, and, and the promise is there. You believe in what God said. And that's faith. You have to have faith. And as you do, uh, God blesses. Uh, take out your outlines if you would. And we're, we're going to be looking at several things this morning. But the script, first scripture in Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Um, when I started work at Jorgensen Steel uh, in a shop, uh, I realized that I had benefits. Everybody say benefits. benefits. I had health benefits. I had dental uh, benefits. Matter of fact, I, I uh, almost went immediately to the dentist. It's like, wow, you mean I can go right now? Oh, yeah, it's, you, know, you got dental insurance now. Take advantage of it. So I, I, I went and done that and uh, went, got a checkup with the doctor. And, you know, it's like, wow. Found out I had retirement benefits. It's like, come on, somebody. Whoa, yeah. Got retired. Credit union. Come on, somebody. I belonged to a union, and, and they had, uh, once a year, they went to, back then, it was uh, Americano. How many of you remember Americano? Huh? Fantasy Farm, you know, got to go free, and everything, you know, everything was free there, you know. It's like, whoa, you know. So I realized I got a lot of benefits here, you know, and, and, and I began to discover that I had more than what I realized. And, you know, sometimes as we serve the Lord, many times we forget the benefits that God has for us. Somebody say Amen. And see, there's many benefits in serving God. And I, I want to uh, pick that up where we left last week because I really believe, you know, God's power, you know, is, is available to us. And, and, and many times we're not using it. It's a benefit that we have, uh, the power of God. And, and, and there's other benefits in God's words. These benefits that we are not aware of and, and we need to, to be aware of them. So turn with me, if you would. In your notes to Psalms chapter 103, okay? I want you to listen to what God's Word says, and I want you to put your name in there, okay, in the blanks, okay? Put your name in there, and here's what the psalmist said in 103 verse 1. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He, he, He repeats that, and forget not all his benefits who forgives your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Come on, somebody. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. How many of you know some of us need that this morning? Amen. Come on, somebody. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Everybody say good things. Satisfied so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Somebody say, bless the Lord. Lord. Say it again. Say, bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not his benefits. Say it again. Say it again. Forget not his benefits. I want you to pray with me. Father, I thank you this morning that there's so many benefits in the word of God. The promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And Lord, there's times that we have to take a, a step back and begin to look at the things that you have for us, for we forget the benefits that we have in serving you. Long life and, and prosperity and blessings that are ours, 
that we need to step into, Lord, that we need to possess in our lives. And maybe this morning that we're living beneath uh, those things this morning. And, Lord, I pray that there would be not only an awareness among the congregation of the benefits of the Lord but, and the promises of God, but, Lord, that they're available and, Lord, that we would begin to possess them. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Now, I want you to know something about the, the, the psalmist here as he wrote this particular psalm here. Something you need to know, it wasn't that his life was great. It wasn't like that his bank account was full. It wasn't like that his wife was happy and his children were happy and they're all obe- obedient and everything was in alignment and everything was going good. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that at all, okay? The truth is the psalm was, this psalm was written in a season of the psalm's life when he was going through terrible pain and headache. And, and, and many times, how many of you know that it's sad, but the times that we turn to the Lord most is when we have problems. Somebody say amen. amen. But, you know, I like to be a proactive person. I've tried to be for the last uh, 25, 30 years to be proactive in so many things. As I began to learn that I could do that, that, that not wait till something happens, but get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. I said, get ahead of it. Believe in God before something even happens. And, and, but I want you to know something. This is what was happening. The truth is the psalmist was in a season of life where things were painful for him. And he makes a bold proclamation that I'm going to bless the Lord and remember all God's benefits. So you may be sitting here this morning, you might be going through something, you might be in the same place, you might say, you know, it's kind of hard for me this morning to bless the Lord because I got some problems in my life. How many, how many of you know we face problems? Can you say amen to that? Difficulties, situations. You wake up and you don't, you know, we, we don't know from one week to the next something that we may have to deal with in our lives. But because of, and, and, and this, because of how many of you know that sometimes we, we have to do that because we forget the benefits that God has for us. And the psalmist was going through a hard time and he was forgetting and he's now remembering and he's speaking forth to everybody that can hear him. You, you need to hear this. So today, my assignment is to just to fire you up. My assignment here today, and, and I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, is to just to help you to understand and to realize that you have benefits that you need to walk into, that God loves you. How many of you know God loves you? How many of you feel sometimes that you feel like God didn't love you? Let me see your hands. How many of you know we can't go on our feelings? Can you say amen? How many of you know sometimes we get up, we may feel one way, but your feelings can fool you, but the word of God will never fool you. Come on, somebody. So you don't base what you believe on your feelings. You base what you believe on what God says in his word. And God's word is true, and God's word is, you know, is everlasting. God's word will bring health to you. God's word will bring sense to your situation. So whatever you're experiencing today, it's not the end, but it's just the beginning because God has some things in store for you. So say it with me again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Number one, write this down. I've got four benefits we're going to talk about. There's many more, but we're going to talk about four. I can believe the best when I see the worst. I can believe the best when I see the worst. I can believe the best when I see the worst. Now, I'm not talking about positive 
thinking today, okay? This is not a positive thinking message that we're trying to get off. I'm trying to give you something that is real in God's word, what God says. And you know what? We have to believe what God says, not what we feel. Somebody say amen. Not what our circumstances is, is, is saying that it is, but what, what does God say it is? So this isn't positive thinking. It isn't trying to position yourself in a state of peace. No, but we're going to see what the Bible says. Now, you have the right to believe the best. I believe that. And, and you see the worst when you come to Christ. And I want you to look at this scripture, and I want you to look at this story in the Bible. This story about a man who had one of his children had a problem and he comes to the Lord. And Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, 22, I'm sorry. We'll get 23 in a minute. But Mark chapter 9 and verse 22. And this man, this father said this. He says, if you, you know, the father you know, was talking about his, his situation. And then Jesus' words, you know, if you can do anything, the father says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is what the father said. And notice what Jesus said to him. Okay, the father said this. If, everybody say if. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is what his plea was. If he can do anything. Now notice what Jesus said. (laughs) And and this is the way the Lord would usually do things in the Bible. He come back with an if himself. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, in other words, if you can do this, you can. Well, Jesus said, well, if you can do this, it'll happen. If you can believe, all things are possible. So you have to believe. Everybody say, you have to believe. So why did this man come to Jesus? He was distraught about his child, and he was thinking, I'm going to bring him to Jesus. Jesus could help him. And let me just say this. This is where we are at many times. We know where to come to to get our healing We know where to come to to get things fixed, if I can put it that way, in our lives. But many times we don't go about it in the right way, and this is exactly what this man did. In other words, he's saying to Jesus, you know, if you you will, you can do this. And Jesus is saying, well, if you can do this, I will. In other words, there's something on your part that you have to do, and we have to understand that. Somebody says, well, you know, if God wants to heal you, he probably will. No, he won't. He won't unless you believe he will. He won't unless you believe it. It's already there. There's a benefit that's already there, but there's something that you have to do. You have to believe. How many of you are saved this morning? Let me see your hands. Okay, you got saved because you believed. You know, you, you know it's just not by osmosis or something that you get saved. No, you got to believe it. You got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You got to believe that you are a sinner and it takes Jesus to forgive your sins. You got to ask Jesus in your life. In other words, you've got to say something. You got to believe something. It's more than wiggling your little toe. Come on, somebody. There's something that you have to do. And this is exactly what was happening there, okay? So one of the most confronting things was that to know that when you come to Christ is you can know this. Regardless of what you see, you can believe the best. See, there's many times that what I see in front of me, uh, you, you know, gets me off balance. It staggers me. It staggers my faith. What I see in front of me sometimes is like, oh, you know, because I'm thinking within my power. I can't do nothing about this. How many of you know we're powerless about many things in life? 
But we're not coming in our power. We're coming in his. We're not coming on our promise. We're coming on his. We're not coming by what we can do. We're coming by what he can do in our lives. So we've got to turn this thing around and we've got to look at it. Now, look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. So regardless of what you see, you can still believe. And here's what the Bible says. I love this scripture in Romans 8, 28, and we know. Everybody say, we know. We know. <laughs> How many of you, there's a lot of things we know, but we don't act upon. Amen. There's a lot of things we know that we forget. Hello. How many of you are forgetful? Now, I make notes, but I forget where I put my notes. Sometimes I forget what I wrote. And I thought, what is that? I can't even read my own writing. That's getting bad. Somebody says bad. bad. We forget. And folks, I'll tell you, we forget in the spiritual things of life. Wake up, somebody, and hear me this morning. I'm telling you, it's, you know, you know, sometimes we're pointing a finger at God, and God says, oh, well, wait a minute now. You know, I've given this to you, okay? I, I, here it is. It's there for you. We have to receive what God has for us. Now, and we know, and we know, we know what? We know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's what we know. How many of you, this verse of scripture says that God's a good God? This verse of scripture says that God has his eye upon the situation and many times we may not realize it, but God understands what's going on in our life. And and you know what? He just kind of, he moves the things around on the board a little bit different when it comes out to the end that, that, that we come out the winners. Come on, somebody. And you need to understand that. We need to know that, okay? You, you, you have the uh, emotional advantage in, in life. Most people are driven by their emotions. They are driven by their feelings. What's what we feel. They're driven by their conditions. They're driven by their circumstances. Everything that drives them is the things that's what they feel, the things that what they see, the things on the outside. And what really needs to drive us is the word of God. Somebody say Amen. God's word and the Holy Spirit. What does God say about this? That's the reason in the Old Testament, every time they had a battle or whatever, the prophet would say, you know, you know, what is, you know, the kings or whatever. Let's see what the Lord says about this. What's going to be the outcome? How many of you know that you can handle anything if you know the outcome is going to be in in your favor? Come on, somebody. (laughs) It's going to be in my favor. It's like, that's going to be all right. Oh, yeah, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be a trial. There's always going to be something that you're facing or whatever it may be. But let me tell you something. God has your best interest at hand. Somebody say amen. Amen. One evangelist said, all you need to do is believe to overcome all your problems of life. It's a matter of believing God, trusting God, putting your faith in God, walking forward in God, believing what God has to say. So when I see the worst in my marriage, when I see the worst in my spouse, when I see the worst in my friends, when I see the worst in my family situation, when I see the worst in my circumstance, let me tell you something. It's a time to believe God for something. Somebody say amen. Amen. I can still believe. So the question here this morning that I have for you is this. What are you believing? What are you believing? Are you believing? How many of you know any any more of the, the news that you believe? You put a big question mark on whatever you hear. Somebody say amen. Somebody says, well, you know, it's got to be true. It's on the internet. That's a joke. Come on, somebody. And I tell you what, you know, anything that I'm reading, I want to see a footnote on it. And then I want to go to the footnote and find out where they got it, where they got it, where they got it. 
let's trace this thing down to see if there's any truth in this or not. Put a footnote on that thing uh, to check it out. You know, well, you know, Grandma said, well, Grandma might have been a great lady, but Grandma could have had it wrong. Don't shout me down now. This is what the Bible says, that God will work everything for your good. You get that? So when I have that peace of mind, it puts a different perspective and spin in my life. Number two, write this down. I can discover my true identity when I've lost my sense of destiny. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. I can discover my true identity when I've lost my sense of destiny. What does a college graduate do when he or she is expecting to get a job when they get out of school and they realize there's no jobs to be found? How discouraging is that? And and, and we could go on and on and on. What about the person who gets laid off from a good paying job? And, 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 you know, and they're faced with getting another job that it really doesn't pay nothing like the other one did. You know, how discouraging and distraughtful is that? An elderly person who has either money to buy medicine or food, you know, and they have to make it a choice or their medicine or the food. Come on, somebody. This is real life situations that we deal with on a daily basis in America today. Okay, so we have to understand that. What does a person, you know, do in those cases when you sense, uh, what, what, when your sense of destiny has been derailed? Your sense of destiny of where you want to get to and the things in life, okay? And you feel of all of a sudden that, that what you signed up for, it's really not happening with you. In other words, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought it was going to be like. And, and, and everything begins to change. So most people's mission statement is this. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Some of you will get that about 12 o'clock. Anybody know what the number one crime in America today is? Identity theft. Number one crime. It's just sweeping America today. People stealing your identity. Now, there's things that you can do to help prevent that, and I hope some of you have taken some of those measures because let me tell you something. There's somebody out there who likes to steal your identity. They'd like to get in there and get on the computer and take all your money. Hello? Everybody say identity theft. And you know what the number one crime in the church today is? Spiritual identity theft. See, the enemy wants to rob you of what God says you are. God says you're something, and the enemy comes along and wants to rob that from you and take that identity away from you. You need to know who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you and begin to believe it and walk in it. Come on, somebody. Mm. And as long as you don't know who you are in Christ, everybody else can script from your life. And, 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 and even, not, not just, you know, we're talking about the devil. No, no, other people. They begin to say things that, 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 and you hear what they say versus what God has said and what you're believing over here. And how many of you have heard that statement, you'll never amount to anything? How many of you know it does have an effect? You know, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. The words will hurt more than the other many times because it robs you of of your destiny. Everybody say destiny. Destiny. If you're not careful, your marriage will get scripted by someone else. 
Your marriage will get scripted by the lack of love or lack of relationship. Now, here's the lie. You think, well, my parents uh, didn't have a good marriage. Uh, why should I assume that I have one? Because let me tell you something. If, if you are a Christian today, you can believe for the best. Somebody say amen. You know, you don't have to, well, you know, it's happened in my family. Well, you need to break that curse from your family. Come on, somebody. You know, the, you know we've had this, or, you know, we, we've, we've never been nobody that's never been real prosperous in our family. Don't, you don't go on that. Go by what the Bible says you are. You're more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need to see what God says about you and start, you know, start uh, uh, operating in that uh, uh, realm today. And it's all based on who you see in the mirror. Now, here's what Jesus said in John 15, 5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But the flip side of that, Jesus said, oh, I love this. Or Paul said, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you've got Christ in the picture and the benefits of God, come on, somebody. You can do all things. Somebody say amen. amen. So there's two great questions everyone has to answer in life. Number one, who am I? And number two, what is the purpose in my life? You need to just ask that question. Who am I and what is the purpose in my life? Where am I going? What, what is the destiny? Where's God taking me here? And you need to understand that. You know, you need to know. How many of you know you need to know who you are? Now, right now, I'm, I'm helping out in the, uh, the 301 class and helping discover spiritual gifts. So let me tell you something. There's 30-some gifts in the Bible. And, you know, depending on, you know, your makeup and whatever, uh, you know, some people believe that all 30-some gifts can operate in one person. You know, if that person is there, that, that's what they really wanted in life, and they're pursuing that. But you usually have anywhere from uh, three to five that's kind of uh, out there. And we're kind of helping discover what those are, and also our temperaments, we're, we're, we're doing all that. Because how many of you know it's very powerful when you know yourself? Somebody say amen. amen. The more you know about you, and you don't let somebody else define who you are, you, you begin to discover who you are in Christ. Come on, somebody. You make that discovery, okay, of who you are. But you need to know who you are. Everybody say you know, need to know who you are. And if we're not caref careful, you're going to let your boss tell you who you are. You're going to let your friends tell you who you are. You're going to let other people, family members, whatever, tell you who you are. Now, in Acts chapter 19, verse 14, there was seven sons of Sceva, and they began to watch the apostle Paul casting out evil spirits. So they took it upon themselves that they're going to do it. They're going to do this very same thing. I want you to see this. I can quote this. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 19 and verse 15. Look in your notes. I believe I may have it on the screen. Yes, that there it is on the screen. Look up there if you would. Uh, you know, and the evil spirit answered them and said, <laughs> We need to all just kind of read this together. We can read this together. We'll look at it together at least. Jesus, I know. Say that with me. Jesus, I know. Say it again. Jesus, I know. How many of you know the devil knows Jesus? He's got his eye black too many times. He knows who, yeah, you know, he knows. And Jesus comes around. When he come, will come on the shores, the one shores, that evil spirits begin to say, if you come here to torment us, you know, it's like, whoa, you know. Jesus, I know. Everybody say, Jesus, I know. And then the next one says, Paul, I know. Say that. Paul. See, the devil knew Paul. He blacked his eye a few times too. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but, but who are you? He, he, see, he's going he's gonna to cast out these evil spirits. These seven sons of Sceva. He's going to be, 
I cast you out in the name of who Paul talks about. That guy Paul talks about over there, I cast you out in that name. And the spirit began to speak to, ooh, wouldn't that be kind of eerie? Well, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know, but who are you? <laughs> I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And the scripture says those evil spirits got on them. They went, they went bizarre. They started taking off their clothes. Now, back in the 70s, they had this thing called the streak, streakers. Anybody ever hear of it? People just take their clothes off and start streaking somewhere. Stupid, but they did it. I think the devil got on them too. But, you know, so they ran out of the house naked, the Bible says. They just, I mean, it, it really affected them. But Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Let me tell you something. You can have power over the evil spirit, but let me tell you something. You need to have Jesus inside of you. See, when the enemy looks at me, he doesn't see me anymore, but he sees Jesus in me. So when the enemy looked at Paul, he didn't see Paul anymore, but he saw Jesus in Paul, and Paul had the authority to use that name because Jesus lived within him. Somebody say amen. Mm. And they they ran out of the house. So you always end up embarrassed when you don't know who you are. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need to know who we are. Number three, write this down. I can forgive myself when I have failed others in God. Now, one uh, thing that is universally true, you will fail God and you will fail others. Somebody say amen to that. You're going to fail God in life. You're going to fail others in life, okay? Okay. Have you ever met someone who didn't like to admit that they had failed someone? You know, the arrogance in that person. In every group, there's always someone who believes that they're always right. Can I get a witness? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But the truth is, sometimes they just can't admit when they're wrong. Here's the benefit. Here's what I'm going with that, of knowing Christ. It's that you can forgive yourself when you know that you have failed God and you failed others. Let me tell you something. One of the things that I think people need to do today is realize there's times that we need to forgive ourselves. Can you say amen to that? How many of you have failed God? Let me see your hands. How many of you know there's times that we need to ask God to help us to forgive ourselves? You know, we've, we have, it's like we forgive others. We fail God. We ask God to forgive us. Uh, when we, you know, when, when we failed others, we ask, and then we need to forgive ourselves. We need to understand. And there is a benefit in doing that. If you believe that, say amen. Now, the reason uh, why sometimes that we buy more things, we change the color of our hair, we change the color of our body, we drive different cars, we do all these things, we're trying to change things around. But let me tell you something, the real problem is within us. And we need to know more about us. And we need to, you know, our destiny, where, where God has taken us and, and realize that God has forgiven us. You know, you know, you, you know buying things is not going to make you happy, okay? I mean, oh, it may temporarily, and it's okay. But let me tell you something, but the real, the real you is not going to be happy. You're going to be happy when you know that you're forgiven and you're doing the things that God's called you to do. You're going to be real happy. Somebody say amen. amen. Mm. I want you to look at a scripture. And uh, look at John chapter 8 with me. And I want to read this, uh, verses 10 through 11. Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. 
See, we, we have a Jesus that understands where we are and can forgive us. Now, now he doesn't want us to continue in our sin. No, he knows because he knows what sin will do in our lives. But let me tell you something, he forgives us. So sometimes we have to come to that place where we forgive ourselves. If you believe that, say amen. amen. When others walk away, let me say this, Jesus walks in. And some of you have been at that place where you just, you've been hurt by other people. Matter of fact, let me make sure I'm in the right church. How many of you have been hurt by other people at least once in your Christian life? Let me see your hands. Look at this. Everybody in here. 95% of the hands went up. The other 5% are sleeping. Somebody wake them up. <laughs> but unless you have Jesus in your life, you don't have this benefit of forgiving oneself. You know, so you need to have Jesus. So if you're here this morning, you don't have Jesus, we're going to be praying later, and you can have this benefit, okay? And you can have this benefit. And if you're here this morning, and you, you know, there's something about you that you haven't forgiven, you know what? You need to take it before the Lord. Somebody say amen. Number four, write this down, okay? I can walk by faith when I'm tempted to walk in fear. Now, how many of you would agree that fear has a paralyzing effect? You know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, 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 was, I woke up about, I don't know, about 6, 6.30 uh, this past week, and I just had a heaviness on me. And I'm thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about my week. I'm thinking about things that need to get done. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. How many of you know sometimes the weight of the world could just get you down? And I'll tell you what, the best thing to do when those kind of times happen is just get up and go pray. Amen. So I take my prayer walk. I go in. I get my little hat on. Hair's all messed up, but it's under my head now. I don't have much anyway. <laughs> I got my tennis shoes on, and I'm taking my walk, and I'm praying. And i tell you what, after my prayer time, I felt so much better. I'd given those things to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I had the most prosperous day. It just seemed like everything began to fall into place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thought I was something. No. He's something. Come on, somebody. Because he's the one that moved. He made it all possible. But I'll be honest with you. Let me just tell you, here's how I'll do my praying, okay? Some people say, you know, Pastor, how do you, you know, how do you, you know, what do you pray? Some people, you know, prayer is, you know, uh, Lord, give me this and give me that and thank you for this and thank you for that. No, it's more than that. You need to have some kind of form or whatever in the, your prayer. You know, here's, here's the way I pray. I've learned this many years ago and I still do that. You know, our Father which art in heaven. Start out by that way. That's what Jesus said. Amen? Our Father which art in heaven. That means that I know he's there. Come on, somebody. Our Father which art in heaven. And you, I begin to start by praising God and thanking him. And, and, and you know what? I thank him for salvation. I thank him for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from all sins, cleanses my mind, hallelujah, that makes me new. Come on, somebody. I begin to thank the Lord for all of that. And, and Lord, that precious blood, I thank you. And I ask you, Lord, to cleanse me from that precious blood, okay? I'm giving you a paraphrase of all this. And then and give us this, you know, and then our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I'm praying that God's kingdom come in my life this day, not what I want, but what he wants. Lord, thy kingdom come in my life this day. Give us, you know, thy kingdom come in my life this day. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there any pain in heaven? 
Doesn't Revelation says it's gone? Hallelujah. So if there's pain in my life, I'm asking for God to take the pain away. Come on, somebody. And even that, that depressing whatever heaviness or whatever that was, Lord, I, 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 I know this is not of you. I pray that you'd take it away. I begin to pray over some of these things. I begin to give them to the Lord. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, you know, in, in other words, God, the things I need this day, and you know, forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. You need to, and let me tell you something. When you're praying, you need to think about if you have a, a situation where that you have ought or, or you have, and that's a King James word. Let me, let me tell you what that word means. You know, where, where you have a, uh, something that uh, unforgiveness or something in your heart towards another person, you know, you need to forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. Let me tell you something. Folks, I'll tell you, that, that is sometimes a hard thing to do. I've had to experience that. How many of you would agree that there's some people that have done you wrong in life? Let me see your hands, okay? How many of you know that's hard to forget? That's hard to forgive, too. But you need to do it. You know you need to do it not for their sake, but for yours. Because it's going to make you healthy inside. You're not going to, you know... <laughs> You care. How many of you know there's a lot of people carrying around a grudge? And the only thing it does is hurting them. And most of what you're carrying around, the other person don't even know about it. They probably forgot about it. They probably didn't even, it didn't affect them the way it affected you. So you need to give it to Jesus. Boy, I just hit a vein right now and the Holy Spirit won't let me go. Woo, I hit a vein right there. See, some of you, there's just somebody has just done you wrong. And folks, I'll tell you, it happens in life that people will. Sometimes they don't even know they've done you wrong. They don't even know it. They're not even aware of it. But how many of you know you're aware of it? And how many of you know it's painful to you? And again, I can't let go of this yet. Again, the person that's the closest to you, Sometimes when it, you know, and here's the reason why you have a higher expectation of those that you know and you love and family members and friends than you do of other people. Come on, somebody. As David said, I could expect it, somebody out in, you know, out there, but in my own household, you know, or somebody close to you or your friend, oh, they were so close. That's the reason it hurts so worse, but you need to give it over to Jesus. Somebody say Amen. Mm. Number four, walk, uh, write this down. I can walk by faith when I'm tempted to walk in fear. We have that one. Fear has that paralyzing effect, okay? So you cannot move forward with God when you have fear in your life. See, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. You can't do it. And, and, and you, you remember that this, uh, what Jesus spoke to this man, okay? And also, I remember the feeling I had when, when, when we... Uh, uh, Barely surviving financially, but I had outgrown their old sanctuary. This this place here, I, I remember that feeling I had. It's like, what are we going to do? And and it, it's a problem. It's a good problem, but you just you had more people than you had seats. Now right now, there's kind of it, it's a little different. Now we need to pray the other way, and we're going to at the end of the service here this morning. But you know, it's like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, and you just you just uh, how, how many of you know that sometimes 
you have your budget and you're just you're, you're making budget and you, you know you're just you're in with your own home budgets you know you're just you're meeting your budget but you don't have a, a lot of extra that's where we were and didn't have really much in savings if any and it's like what are we going to do what are we going to do what are we going to do well Fear has a paralyzing effect. And here's what scripture says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, help me out, of love and a sound mind. Mm. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but but of power, notice that, and of love and a sound mind. And just got to that place, what are we going to do? Don't know what to do. So we just, you know, you had to take it before the Lord. And God had to, you know, by faith, God began to turn some of these things around in our lives. Which takes me to the next thing I want to go to, the next few minutes. Number one, here's what you need to do. You need to speak to your future. You need to speak to your future. I said, you need to speak to your future. Okay? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants you to speak strong faith to your future. Now, everybody say it with me on the count of three. Speak to your future. One, two, three. Speak to your future. Now, remember the words of Jesus, okay? And he talked about, you know, the things that, mountains that we have before us. Now, if you have a mountain before you, what what did Jesus say that we are to do with that mountain? How many of you know we do everything but speak to it? We cry about it. We moan about it. We complain about it. But you know what? What you need to do is speak to it. You speak to the mountain. Now, when you do that, you know, someone hears you doing it, especially if they don't understand you, they're going to think you're a little off your rocker. Come on, somebody. He's talking to mountains. You can speak to your future. According to your faith, it will be done into you. Can, you can expect to receive, okay? Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, uh, it will be removed because whatsoever things you say, believing, whatever things you say, you shall have them and you shall receive them. Things that you say. Everybody say, you say. See, most of the things that's coming out of our mouth is all the negativity and all the things that we see and they feel, our feelings is coming out, what we see in is coming out and everything else. But what really needs to come out is you need to, you know, go to that next sphere till you come to the place where you speak to the mountain. Everybody say, speak to the mountain. You begin to speak to that situation. Whatever it is before you, you begin to speak to it. You begin to talk to it. You begin to, you know, because you want to change it. Come on, somebody. Now, here's a scripture you need to hang on to, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you a future. You begin to get that in your mind and your heart, and you begin to speak to all those things that are blocking that. Somebody say amen. You speak to that. You speak to that. You don't let this drag you down, but you begin to speak to it. Come on, somebody. See, some of you need to see great, break, you want to see great breakthroughs in your business. You need to begin to speak to it. 
I, you know, speak to the thing that's standing in your way of getting to that place, whatever it needs to be. Speak to that, that it's standing in your way of relationships, you know, having the right relationships or your ministry or whatever it is. You need to say it. You need to speak to it. You need to speak out. You need to speak to that mountain. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, you need to speak to your family. Today in America, we're under attack. If there's ever a time when America families uh, you, you know, need fathers. It's today. They need fathers to stand up. They need parents to stand up. Uh, you know, what's going to ch- uh, change America is not an economical plan. It's not a military strategy. No, 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 no. It, it, it's, it's when the families come into place and it's when faith comes into place. Let me tell you something. Uh, God will honor a nation that's honoring him. Somebody say amen. So when Joseph came to his father, uh, Jacob, and, and for the first time after 13 years, the Bible says that Jacob was ready to die. But as soon as he heard uh, Joseph's voice, his spirit was renewed. And see, this is something, you go back to, uh, you know, Genesis chapter 45. You know, his brothers uh, told his father, jo- Joseph is still alive. And, and at first he couldn't believe that because he believed his son was dead, Okay. But as soon as he heard the voice, you know, of Joseph, when he began to look around, he began to see the carts. He began to see the things that Joseph had sent back to bring him back down into Egypt. You know, his spirit was revived. It says the spirit of Jacob was revived. Jacob was ready to die. But hearing the news, he began to be revived. You know what the scripture says? One of the last scriptures in the book of Malachi says, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. We need to speak to our families. Come on, somebody. Most people that are in prison today, it's because they, they, they talk about they didn't have the dad, that dad figure in their life. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm just saying that we need to, our families need to come together. We need to speak to our families. Somebody say amen. amen. And then last, we need to speak to those desperate to be found. And First Peter, I'm going to give you the scripture we're going to close. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. Speak out for him. Notice this, speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejecting to accepting, you are now God's own. Once you knew very little about God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed to it. Speak to those desperately to be found. You know what I think we need to do this morning? I think in closing prayer, we're going to do this at least once this morning before we leave. You know, there's some empty seats, and I know there's people on vacation. I know there's people not here today, and I know where some of them, many of them are. But how many of you know there's still some empty seats in this assembly, and there's people that are yet to be found, and we need to speak yes. to the seats? God just began to impress upon me to begin to speak it out, begin to speak it out, begin to believe God, begin to have faith, begin to just have faith, and see how God begins to turn things around in your life as well. How many of you ready for that? Somebody say amen. amen. Speak to your loved ones, your friends. How many of you have neighbors that you have a question about if they know Jesus? Let me see your hands. Look at this. You know, family members, business acquaintances, the man or the woman in Walmart or wherever it may be, just begin to speak to him. You may be passing someone, just begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm just believing that they're going to be saved. And I'm speaking to them that they will come to know the Lord. And God might even speak to you about saying something to them. But your life can be a witness or someone else may witness to them. But you know what? You can speak 
to that situation. Somebody say amen. amen. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. I want to pray with you. And, and you know, I, I want us to, I, how many of you want to see change in your life? Let me see your hands. You want to see change. You know, if you're content with what your situation is, it's never going to change. But you've got to come to that place to realize that you've got to speak to it. You've got to put faith to your situation and change it, and it can and it will. You've got to believe God for the change. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Don't you love the Lord? Amen.